Are you ready for some football? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Actually, this week, you've come to the right place. This is just the place to be for football. Stick around. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in downtown Splendid, West Virginia, a town where wondrous tales abound. Stories of kid superheroes, time-traveling teens, kid explorers, kid detectives. We even have our own kid space force, a detective dog, a race car driving cat. The list goes on and on. The Big Game. Last year, Splendid hosted The Big Game. That's right, that game. The biggest football game of the year. For the first time, and likely the last time. Last year, it was on West Virginia soil. I never told you about that, did I? It was quite the scandal. Really, I think I'm only just now ready to talk about it. The game started normally, as can be expected. I don't remember exactly who was playing. It was the bees against the velociraptors, I think. Maybe not. It's not important. What's important is that the game started out with human beings on each side of the football. Or so we thought. But what we thought didn't last long. We didn't notice anything was wrong. Nobody did. Until one of the players missed a catch, and the football whacked another in the forehead. The whacked player removed his helmet to reveal a bright green head that looked almost rubbery and an angry, alien expression. Aliens! Aliens had clearly taken over one of the two football teams. More removed their helmets. They were aliens, too. The aliens charged angrily at the other team, all helmets off now. We were worried about the men on the other side of the field until we realized they weren't men at all. Players from the other team removed their football helmets to reveal grayish, decaying skin. They looked like zombies. Zombies! I knew they were zombies because in the melee that ensued, one of the zombie players got his head knocked off. He just picked it back up and put it back on and went on about his business. At this point, the crowd lost their collective minds. Panic broke out in the stands. People were screaming and running everywhere. On the field, zombies and aliens were fighting. The refs couldn't break it up at all, and it seemed like all hope for a normal football game had gone completely out the window. Luckily, I was there, in a box seat with my son, kid superhero Buck Travers. Actually, all of the kid superheroes were at the game, though they were spread out across the stadium, seats in all different places. The kid Space Force was there, too, with Chris, Natalie, and Marsha, and their efforts would be greatly needed. 
Buck left my side and flew down, literally flew down, to get Tracy Thompson. The duo lifted off together and flew at super speed to another part of the stadium to pick up Nick Newton. His force fields would be super helpful to keep the kids safe from the panicked, stampeding crowds. Before you could blink, the three were joined by Mandy Magic, who had used her teleportation powers to blast right into the middle of Nick's protective bubble. Four down, one to go. Where was Robert Robertson? The kid superheroes found their fifth member, Robert Robertson, on the football field. He was quickly collecting long, very long electrical cords that had supplied media from all over the world with a feed directly to the big game. Let's tie them up, Robert commanded. Tracy and Buck grabbed those super thick and very long extension cords and ran with super speed out onto the field and started catching and tying up zombies and aliens right and left. Nick helped by trapping zombies and aliens in bubbles, where they were stuck until Tracy and Buck could get to them and tie them up. Mandy Magic teleported out into the stands to find Chris, Natalie, and Marsha, the kid Space Force, who had come to the game together and now huddled for safety in one of the stadium's many concession stands. Chris was stuffing his face with popcorn, pizza, and hot dogs. How can you eat at a time like this? Natalie questioned. Yeah, Marsha backed her up, as always. Chris answered, What? I get hungry when I'm stressed. Mandy suddenly appeared. Kids Space Force, we need your help. Back on the field, technology whiz and kid superhero, he's one of the kid inventors too, Robert Robertson, had rigged up several off-field monitors, usually used by the referees for instant replay, and he programmed them with some kind of hypnotizing flash that commanded and kept the attention of both the aliens and the zombies. They were in a trance of some sort. I can't hold them for long, Robert led. My hypnotizer ray will only hold their attention for a few minutes. Buck and Tracy were done tying up all the zombies and aliens. Mandy appeared via teleportation with the Kid Space Force and both of their cardboard, duct tape, aluminum foil, and construction paper rockets. Mandy commanded, Okay, Kids Space Force, you take care of the aliens. Kids superheroes, let's get these zombies out of here. The Kids Space Force recognized the aliens. They looked like the same alien Space Force friends that they knew quite well from former intergalactic adventures that have been chronicled in depth on this podcast. But the aliens weren't themselves, and something had made them super aggressive, fearful, angry. Let's load them on the ships while they're still tied up, Natalie shouted. Chris and Marsha did as she suggested, and soon all of the aliens were loaded on the kids' Space Force ships, ready for blastoff. And blastoff they did, high into the sky, deep into outer space. The kids' superheroes each went their own way to look for clues all over town as to where the zombie horde had come from. Buck and Tracy together found two busloads full of football players, tied up, trapped against their will near a local cemetery, 
and boy were those football players happy to see the kid superheroes. They were saved, and the zombies were returned to, um, their rightful place. On Earth, in Splendid, the kid superheroes had saved the day. In space, the kid space force was able to test and diagnose and find an antidote for the aggressive virus that had taken over their alien force friends, though they had to hit several planets to do so, to find all the necessary ingredients. Then they returned their friends safely to Ceres, from whence they came. All was again balanced on Earth and in the stars, although the big game was cancelled and forever banned from being played in Splendid again. I guess I can't blame the Football League for that. Hopefully this year, the weekend of the big game will be less frightful. Enjoy it, be you fans of the bees, or the velociraptors, or whatever two teams are playing. And if you would, as you watch, double check. Look closely to make sure none of those players have thick, rubbery, alien green skin or decaying old gray skin underneath those football helmets, all right? If they do, you let me know. You can bet the kids' superheroes, and the kids' space force will be there to save the day if needed. That's all for this week, listeners. We'll be back in February with two new episodes, a Valentine's Day special with two new stories about friendship and love, and a President's Day special with those time-traveling teens. Until then, be good to each other. And have a wild and wonderful and weird week. Hello, this is Rissy Joy again. You've been listening to Professor Theo's Mystery Lab, which is written and read by my adorable husband, Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. Thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes. Please continue to spread the word. Also, consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. 